Good afternoon. My name is Pete Londa. I'm president and CEO of Tantalus Systems, which is publicly traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol GRID. Looking forward to providing investors with an update on the progress that we've made since the last time we had an opportunity to speak. Pete, good to see you again. So we've, uh, I think last back in July. Um, good to see you um, back on the show. Um, not a bad year in terms of revenue. Yeah, we were pretty pleased. Um, when we when we spoke in July, uh, we were anticipating growth uh, in excess of 20% year over year. Uh, and we delivered on that number. Uh, in 2022, we delivered 23% growth year over year. Uh, that amounted to just under 40 million US dollars of revenue. I'd, I'd remind investors that even though we're on the Toronto Stock Exchange, we do report in US dollars uh, since that's where the vast majority of our customer base is. Um, but we were we were pleased. The top line um, didn't get all the way back to where we were pre-COVID-19, but awfully close. Um, and as we moved down the income statement, we witnessed uh, an increase in our gross profit margins uh, despite supply chain constraints and inflation. So we're really pleased to see gross profit margin increase. It, it landed at, at, in the upper 40th percentile, so 48%. Uh, and through Q4 of last year, we reported uh, EBITDA neutrality, a little bit of positive EBITDA. Uh, but over the last six months, we were about negative $300,000 of EBITDA. So pretty much neutral for the, for the back half of the year which is what we were uh, indicating to investors as we start to monetize some of the R&D investments that we've been making. So overall, really pleased uh, with, with the financial performance of the company. Okay, so I just want to go over, uh, we did a great uh, conversation last July, got under the weeds a little bit, and I don't necessarily want to go over it all ground, but let's just let's get the, the, let's do the highlights. Okay, in terms of the space that you're operating in is what and who are your customers? Where's the revenue come from? Sure, so we operate in the North American electric utility market. Uh, we are a technology company that is selling solutions to the electric utility industry. Um, and our customer base to that end includes now almost 275 utilities. And when we say North America, the vast majority are in the United States with some utilities in Canada and the Caribbean basin. Right. Okay. And uh, I think the, the conversation, the commercial conversation that we had last time around was, um, you know, where, where's the money come from, right? So you talked about 60, circa 65% of the revenue coming from the hardware sales, you know, hundred bucks uh, sale, and you would be taking sort of, you know, 35 bucks of that, a third, a third of that. Um, software sales, software as a service, SaaS, that's where the real money, that's where the real valuations happen. So that was at, at the time we spoke about 35% um, of, of revenues. Has that profile changed? Because your ultimate goal is to, of these 274 uh, utilities, is to increase the amount that they are spending with you and increase your margins. So how's that looking? Yeah, so so as, as just a, a quick refresher, our, our objective is to um, sell our edge computing capabilities to utilities. Um, those then get deployed in the field. They typically are in the field for 12 to 15 years. And as those devices are deployed and, and after obviously we get paid up front for those devices, we're then collecting data. That data then filters into our enterprise software and our building portfolio of AI-enabled analytics. So in terms of last year, um, we ended the year with just under 10 million US dollars Precisely, it was 9.8 million US dollars of annual recurring revenue going into this calendar year. Uh, that's up about 20% year over year. Um, it's grown at roughly 20% on a compounded annual growth rate since 2016. So we're seeing continued increases in the recurring revenue of the business. 
On top of that, rounding 10 million US dollars of recurring revenue, we also have incremental revenue that comes from uh, annual um, software licenses or perpetual software licenses, and then uh, annual technical support agreements. So in the aggregate, about $12.5 million of total revenue from software and services of that, uh, 10 um, going into this calendar year is recurring. Right. Okay. And it's the re- reoccurring revenue that's, the, I guess, the exciting bit, the growth, the growth component here. And we, t- we talked last time out about strategies. So, you know, like, these units selling them at a hundred bucks, you know, make, making a bit of, bit of money on them, but it's a, it's a one-off sale and it sits there for whatever, 12, 15 years in, in the field. You, there was an argument or some discussion around, well, let's well just kind of give those away cheaper and just get them, get, you know, do a land grab. Um, because the reoccurring revenue, although, although low, like I think you were talking about, you know, but at the time, four four bucks um, service fee, um, you know, sort of reoccurring revenue per per unit, um, because of the data that you would soon be able to collect and the kind of problems that you'd be able to solve, that you may be able to increase that. So, in terms of the strategy and the business plan, has that changed or evolved any? So, n- not necessarily with respect to the historical aspects of what we do. Um, which which is tied to um, digitizing meters, distribution automation equipment, uh, other devices to turn on and turn off uh, load or appliances, commercial, industrial, residential, um, and that that model is pretty static's the wrong way to put it, but that that model is pretty well entrenched in the United States and North American utility model today, and so we we continue to expand the user community of utilities for um, to that end we added i think it was 18 utilities last year and we'll look forward to reporting the good progress in q1 of this year 2021 on on may 9th and may 10th through our earnings call um, continuing to expand the user community um, but where we have started to pivot to your question is um, with with some announcements around a new capability. We refer to that as the TrueSense Gateway, which is a new product offering for us. Uh, and, and we're pretty excited about what that means. And we can we can dive into the weeds a little bit if you'd like on the technology, because we, we think that that device similarly will be sold up front. Um, I don't anticipate that we'll give that away. Um, we can generate revenue and cash flow from those devices up front to support our operations of the business and not overly dilute shareholders by by really kind of fundamentally shifting the, the business profile of our company. Um, but we do see an opportunity to drive significantly increasing recurring revenue per device that we deploy in the field, uh, especially as we help utilities start to think about what's happening behind the meter, um, not just for a substation to the meter. So I, I think there are some paths that we're working on uh, from an R&D perspective and in conjunction with a number of utilities to achieve what you're, what you're right. Okay, Be, that, that that's interesting, and um, because it's it's what's behind the meter, I think is 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 the clue there. Maybe we need to talk about some of the things that you're you're trying to sell into these utilities. But let, let me stick with the utilities, if, if I may. You've put on, you've added another eighteen utilities this uh, 2020, 2022, You're saying um, two hundred seventy four in total. Now, clearly, some of those will be way more important in terms of revenue than than others. The majority, you know, may may not go anywhere. So 
what are the initiatives that you think are going to make a, a difference in terms of either usurping incumbents or increase, however you feel that you're going to be able to increase the you know, reoccurring revenues from e each of these um, utilities that you've got on, on board? Because I think for me, it always seems to be a land grab is important. The number of the un these units out there is really important. Um, the type of data you're going to be able to generate from the type of problems you're going to solve, the type of money you're going to be able to save or, or make for them, and then maybe participate in some of that some of that growth on the utilities part. Th those are the things which drive your commercial imperative, um, but also help with the kind of growth story for as far as shareholders are concerned. So, w what are the various initiatives and various conversations going on um, at the moment? What, what do they look like? Sure. Um, so, so we'll we'll bring up an image um, to try to help provide some context to answer that question and we can dive into the detail. So um, on, on the image that hopefully is coming up across the screen, um, we, we, we sort of try to break down um, a description of what we do in, in two verticals. The first vertical is is what we refer to as substation to the meter. Um, and I'd say it, it's, it's a industry that is, um, the, the utility industry is consistently looking at upgrading their infrastructure. And that infrastructure in the distribution grid from the substation across power lines to pull top transformers and from pull top transformers or distribution feeders down to meters on the side of homes, on the side of buildings, on the side of industrial plants. That's really been the core focus of the utility industry. And I'd say for Tantalus, that's where we've seen our growth and that's where we have concentrated our time and attention um, through, through our history. Um, that's what represents $40 million of revenue Today, it was what represents 270 utilities that we support, some larger, some smaller, um, and, and it is certainly where the $10 million of recurring revenue is at as of January 1 of this calendar year, 2023. What we've been working towards since going public, part of the reason for raising money, was the device in the middle, the TrueSense Gateway. Uh, I, I've got one here as well, so just to give some perspective on size, right? It's not that big of a unit. Um, it plugs into a meter socket on the side of a home or a building, and then a meter plugs into this device. And so you kind of see a, it, it's an edge computer, a little bit easier to see this than on the PowerPoint slide. Um, this device is intended to do four things for the utility and where we get very excited in terms of the growth trajectory, as well as the types of utilities that we can support to your question and on driving more revenue per account. The four use cases that we are pursuing here in the U.S. Is, is first and foremost everything that we have historically done. It's automating metering infrastructure um, and, and helping the utility digitize or modernize the distribution grid. So that's case study one. Case study two is we've, we've figured out a way. Um, I'll bring it back up and point to it. There, there are holes that meters plug into and most go sort of north-south. There's one over here that goes east-west or left and right. This, this is um, our ability to track a very granular and precise level of power quality data that utilities historically have only done at the substation or it's something they refer to as bellwether metering. Very expensive devices that they deploy kind of surgically throughout their distribution grid. So, so what we're able to do is, is beyond sort of metering infrastructure and digitizing the grid, um, every location where our device gets deployed, we are providing what's called advanced power quality measurement. That means voltage, current, harmonics, wavelength. And I won't bore everybody with what those details are 
unless we'd like to dive deeper into it, but it, it enables utilities to understand precisely where they have assets, distribution lines, circuits, power lines, pole top transformers, pad mounted transformers, substation equipment, where that equipment is about to fail. And, and it'll allow utilities, instead of just being reactive when something bad happens, is being predictive so that they can better manage the assets that they're responsible for supporting. So that's use case two is power quality measurement. Use case three is where we get extremely excited and we think we have a first mover advantage in our market segment. And that's what we refer to as the right side of this slide behind the meter. The historical perspective of the utility two decades ago was just focus on the substation and when power goes out, people can pick up the phone call, pick up the phone, call and complain, and the utility will triangulate phone calls to try to figure out what's going on. Over the past 12, 15 years, not all utilities, but most have got some intelligence down to the meter so that they know when the power is out. They know if someone's trying to steal power. They know when consumption patterns are changing. That's good. From our perspective, though, the utility of the future has to extend the edge of the grid to the actual devices inside the home, inside the plants, inside the commercial operations. And what we mean by that is, if you think about what's happening, electric vehicles, rooftop solar, battery storage inside the home, intelligent water heating systems, intelligent appliances around air conditioning or heating, maybe a little bit more applicable here in the US than in Europe relative to the heating model. But the goal is to provide a utility grade connection through Wi-Fi and power line communications from the meter socket where our device will sit directly into the home so that the utility can have connectivity to devices. What that means is they'll have to be much more interactive with you and me as customers. They'll have to ultimately incentivize us to allow them to control devices inside our home. Those incentives will be economic. They'll be improved power quality. They may be in terms of you know, other other opportunities for us to sell power back into the grid, um, which we're starting to see unfold in the UK and we're starting to see unfold in the United States with some um, regulatory drivers. So, so getting behind the meter, we think is critical for utilities to really understand what's happening, where electric vehicles are showing up and understanding what impact that has on their grid. Um, so that's the third use case. The fourth use case in the United States specifically about 20% of the population here in the U.S. does not have access to broadband, um, if you can believe that, right, in, in today's world. And, and that really surfaced during the COVID-19 pandemic, where people were working from home, students studying at their homes. And so the United States government is throwing a significant amount of money in trying to address the broadband divide. And how we see that unfolding is particularly electric cooperative utilities and municipal public owned utilities are receiving dollars from the United States government to deploy fiber networks all the way to the home, meaning fiber connections to the home. And what this device will do is allow utilities, you can see a fiber strand right here, right? Direct connect to a fiber network to our device. Two things that allows us to stream data back to the utility, all of the data that we're capturing at the edge. We also can power an optical network terminal for the utility to step into the shoes of what cable providers are not doing and deliver broadband services to the home as a new revenue profile 
and service offering. So it's four use cases, or we like to say four birds with one stone. This is a device that um, we haven't gone public yet with pricing, um, but order of magnitude is probably 450 to $700 in range. That number will go up and down depending on the bells and whistles that get included in it or the use cases that we're addressing. And then from there, incremental recurring revenue per device per year. We've been building this device. I don't mean to be long-winded here to your question, but we have been building this device um, since inception for about 18 months. It was one of the primary reasons why we went public to raise money to bring this into the market. Um, we started to build this device at the request of our existing customers to your question, new versus existing and where we drive revenue. Uh, but we had a number of our existing customers come to us and panic about or in panic about the impact of electric vehicles and that charging on their grid and their business model. And so in conjunction with eight utilities, five of which are existing, three of which are prospective, we have built this product to bring to market. Um, we announced um, not too long ago that we completed alpha testing in Q4 of last year. Alpha testing included getting these devices at eight utilities, all members of our advisory committee, and running through a variety of different um, test cases. We are now in what's called UL certification, which is a necessary uh, safety and standards certification that has to unfold here in North America to be able to put these into the field. The expectation is we'll have this device um, available for sale towards the end of 2023. Um, order of magnitude, we've identified about a billion dollars of incremental revenue opportunity for Tantalus to pursue. Of that billion, about 150 to 200 million is from the eight utilities that are part of our advisory committee. So we see this as a great inflection point uh, for our business. We'll be excited to provide updates through the balance of this calendar year, both in terms of commercialization and then validation in the market with orders, uh, revenue generation starting to uh, accumulate in 2024. Okay, okay, that's that, that's a very fulsome answer and, and, and a lot to dive into, and in, in, a, in a good way, in a good way, and I mean that. Obviously, going from 100 bucks to 450 to 750 bucks on the on the hardware unit, previously running at about a third of that as a margin for you, would it, would that be the same going forward with the higher price model? Yeah. So, and, and, and we we see this. There are only two other. And I, and I get the subscription model, but it's a separate to that. But just on the hardware, just so I understand. Yeah. So so we we. we we, I would say we expect to see uh, margin accretion right. from this device, so higher than what we have historically been running. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be conscious, to your point, how do we get this into the market right. as quickly as possible for land grab, not only to consistently advance our existing customer base, but how do we chase after new utilities that are either migrating from legacy infrastructure or have done nothing yet? And really need to modernize their grid. So we're we're being we're being uh, I think we're still trying to assess what the right um, pathway is. But but I I do see this as as an opportunity for us to increase our gross profit margins from the devices that we sell today. Right. Okay. And um, how, I guess I guess a quicker way to get to where I want to be, which is how have you calculated this billion bucks? Because obviously you know having eight, eight companies already kind of in there potentially representing 150 million of that one, one, one billion opportunity, they, they know what you're doing. The rest you'll need to upsell. But likewise, though of those eight, they're going to have incumbent meters, uh, sorry, incumbent clients with, uh, with with meters in place. And there's a kind of 
there's kind of like cannibalization required if you're going to go and replace existing meters. And then there's going to be new stuff with, I don't know, presumably new bills, et cetera. And there's, there's an installation cost to that. So as far as the utilities are concerned, there's a kind of big capital outlay to get this thing going. So they've got to truly understand the economics for themselves, not just in terms of predictive um, you know, the predictive component on, you know, power outages or, or equipment, which is, you know, imminently going to fail, et cetera, for their continuous service to their customers. But um, the the upside for providing the, say, the fiber optics side of it, that sounds pretty exciting exciting to me. I don't know what the incentives are like in the US. They're, they're pretty good here. Um, so where are you in terms of understanding what it could mean for the utilities. Where are you in terms of understanding, in terms of this billion bucks, what's really available, not just total universe size, which, you know, if you get 100% sales, uh, it's all it's a billion bucks. But what's the reality of what you think you can achieve over, over what time frame? Yeah, so so uh, a, cu- a couple data points and and a few um, comments to your, to your question. So when we think about the TrueSense gateway, um, the... the, the one of the very interesting opportunities for us is works with any existing meter. So the utility doesn't have to replace the meter. Whether right. they've invested in something new, whether they've got the old electrical mechanical meter that has no intelligence in it and still requires manual meter reading. We can take any type of meter that is ANSI standards here in North America, in certain portions of the world, but not where you are in, in, in the UK. Um, yet yeah, we'll, we'll work towards that eventually, but, but, um, we can, we can sort of plug in any existing meter. So step one is allowing utilities to have a migration path from their existing infrastructure to a modernized grid. That's step one. Step two is we don't have to put this device for the utility to generate returns or benefits at every single meter location. There'll be some utilities that do that. We'll welcome it. But there are also some utilities that may put one of our devices in for every seven, every eight, every 10 meters, trying to triangulate data to a pole top transformer or at the feeder and circuit level. So we have a lot of flexibility in how utilities will roll this out. We also see utilities using our device um, as a way to start to pinpoint where electric vehicles show up with the intent that they put one of these devices on every single home where an EV charger is behind that meter because it, it changes the th- it, it changes the fundamental dynamics of their grid and, and voltage current and consumption. So um, we think there's an interesting way to either wholesale deploy one at every single meter or more like a brain surgeon go in and strategically place these devices at key areas of the grid for the utility to start to really understand what's happening. So that that's step one. It's, I, th- I think that provides a variety of different paths for a utility to adopt this technology. Um, as it relates to sizing in the aggregate, um, we have retained um, a consultant and, and we started to share some of that information with our research analysts that were attended our, our users conference uh, in Louisville the first week of April. Um, all four of those analysts have issued reports um, in conjunction with participating in our user community. And, and if investors are interested, I, I suggest that they go to our website and, and email the analysts so that uh, they can request to be added to that distribution list. Um, but we see in the United States, order of magnitude, about 20 to 25 million 
endpoints that are ultimately sort of a, a beyond addressable that would be available to Tantalus to pursue. You can extrapolate that times sort of an average number that I've shared between $450 and $700 to give you order of magnitude. The billion dollars, more precisely to your question, is a function of the eight utilities that are a part of our advisory committee and our understanding today and our interactions with those utilities of what they foresee um, with this device over the next five, seven, 10 years. So it's not a, it's not as if we just get one order and all of a sudden we're a $300 million company. That's not what I'm suggesting. It'll take time, but that's the order of magnitude of growth over time. Um, and then the incremental opportunity is, is a function of utilities, either existing customers or perspective who have contacted us or have engaged in discussions with our sales team and our sales channel as we begin to market this capability and are not yet part of the advisory committee. So the billion dollars is a line of sight to opportunities where we are actively engaged in discussions with an increasing number of utilities. A subset of that 150 to 200 is what our advisory committee represents. They, I say at, at a optimum level, if, if they deliver every single bit of revenue that, that is possible, according to you know their books, that would be 150 million bucks. But my question to you is, there will be competition. There will be um, lots of in, in, in incumbents. There will be, a, you know, a kind of inertia. There will be lots of things that kind of get in your way. I'm, I'm interested in, in what you think is potential now, not potential now, reality now, and how do you overcome those hurdles? What are the 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 arguments that you need to put forward? You know, obviously, I think you mentioned in there, you know, the, the potential for their utilities customers to sell power back into the grid at, you know, certain times of, of, of the day, um, thereby, you know, saving their customers money or making their customers money potentially. Um, how, do you, how do you see that narrative? How do you see that conversation? And how do you see that sales process going? And over what time frame? Because you're whatever you're sitting at 40 million market cap um, today. Um, it's been a difficult year for 2022 for everyone, but you know you, you got 23% revenue growth, which is a good start. But how do you ramp this thing up? Yeah, so I I, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that we still have a really nice growing business. That that's the history of our company, right from substation to the meter, and and we still envision growth from that every single year um, as utilities. Uh, Right? There's a decent number of utilities in the United States that still sends a person to the side of the home to read a meter. It's about 25% of the utilities in the United States still do it that way. So there's an opportunity to convert utilities that have still relied on electric mechanical meters with no intelligence. Um, we are seeing a wave of utilities that deployed some concept of smart metering 10, 15 years ago that are refreshing those systems and looking for advanced systems. So it's a sort of as utilities come back into the market, opportunity for us to grow on the history of our business. And then, and then obviously as, as, as we uh, just continue to try to penetrate um, the market segments where we've been very successful by continuing to try to scale. So that's the, that, that, that I don't want to lose sight of the fact that we still have a really nice, solid, fundamentally strong growing business which from my perspective, and, and as a personal investor, I, I, I bought stock before I went into blackout for our reporting period. And I've bought stock every quarter when I've been able to as CEO of the company. So I'm obviously um, putting my money where my own mouth is, right? 
there is a good base business here that is growing at the, we say we target over 15% growth year over year. Last year, 23%. I expect very strong growth in 2023 um, this year. But it, 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 it is growing, Pete. It, 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 it is growing in terms, in terms of revenue. And obviously, the company itself has been around a long time. You've been in it since, since 2014. The IPO was right, right smack in the middle of COVID in, in 2021. Um, but the, the stock isn't, for the last two years, the stock isn't growing. So um, what you're saying to me sounds quite exciting. The opportunity in front of you is substantial compared to where you are from a from a low base right so i what i'm looking for and i imagine shareholders looking in are going to go i get what the technology does but sometimes the market the market or the customers don't understand it or they don't utilize it or there's competition or lots of reasons why it just doesn't kind of work out i'm looking for that kind of scale of ambition from you and say right here's what we are going to do. Here's the reasons to believe, brilliant, but here's how we're going to get after that market in terms of allocation of capital towards, you know, improved, uh, you know, an increased sales team in terms of outreach, in terms of whatever it is that you're doing to get these guys over the line. Because at the end of the day, the revenue growth is good, but what do you think it's going to take to get the market excited again um, and, you know, really give you that kind of step up, that leg up that you're looking for? Sure. So in terms of, um, so I'm conscious of, of the question on how we drive revenue growth uh, and then conscious of your your comment on how do we get investors excited? Um, and, and the two might go hand in hand. Um, so so let me let me try to address the revenue topic first and then I'll come back to the investor topic if that's okay. If I've, if I've um, listened to you and, and heard the basis of the question. So beyond the base business, um, what investors should expect to see from us in 2023, and we, we are not providing firm numbers on guidance, so I, I just can't give you our revenue target for 2023, 2024, 2025. It's, it's just not the approach that we're taking today. Um, but what investors should be looking for is successful completion of what's referred to as UL certification of the TrueSense gateway, um, the device in the middle of the screen that we've been talking about and I was holding up. Um, we expect that to happen sometime this summer. Um, from UL certification, investors should expect to see from us successful completion of field trials with the eight utilities that are part of our advisory committee. And from successful completion of field trials, investors should expect to see from us orders that we actually can document and publicly share relative to obviously um, getting, getting support from the utilities that we support to share what they're doing. Um, but I think Utilities, investors should start to expect to see us converting orders on this product and driving back off. Um, that in and of itself, I think, will give indication of commercialization and validation to drive growth. And at a minimum, those eight utilities, again, we may, may get 100%, we may not get 100%. That in and of itself puts our company on a trajectory to grow attractively over the next three and five years before we do anything else. Um, so that's part one. In terms of the broader market, you referenced um, growth for the bigger opportunity outside the advisory committee. There are two other companies that we are aware of that are doing something similar. Um, and in all both circumstances, um, we think we have a, a, a fundamentally different opportunity in front of us. Um, Tesla is working on a device that looks kind of similar here in the United States. It is not plugged into the meter socket. It is actually a sub-panel that Tesla wants to install at homes to control a Tesla EV charger, a Tesla power wall, 
and whatever other types of renewable power or smart capabilities that Elon Musk and the team at Tesla come up with. That in and of itself um, is validation that getting behind the meter and controlling an EV charger, a storage or power wall, and rooftop solar is very important. There's another company that is venture-backed here in the United States that is only focused on power quality measurement, which is one of our four use cases. They do not have the AMI capability. They do not have the behind-the-meter control. So with that in mind, it's validation that right two of our four use cases are pretty strong with competition. Our view is we've got about an 18 to 24-month um, lead on other competition, and our view is we will be first to market with this device. Um, you all certified, validated, tested, and adopted by utilities. That in and of itself creates momentum for our sales team to chase after the incremental utilities that are in our sales pipeline that are interested in migrating to this technology. And so I think um, it, it puts us to a point where we can right start giving three and five year perspective on the growth trajectory of this company. So that's the revenue profile. That should incite investors. And the reason why I spent some time on the historical base of the business, the way I look at it um, as an investor, I think the way investors that we interact with regularly that are building positions in our stock today look at it, we have a very sound and fundamental base of business with a very substantial and increasing number of utilities with recurring revenue that continues to grow every year. So there is decent downside protection in our stock just based on what we do today. As we get closer and closer to the commercialization of the TrueSense Gateway and the validation from the market with orders from utilities, right? it provides a decreasing risk around optionality to scale this business. We're talking doubling and tripling the size of the company in terms of what we think this product will do. Um, and, and so as, as we think about it, particularly relative to where share price is today, which is pretty depressed, um, we think it creates a really compelling entry point for investors um, to start building a position in our company. Um, I, I reference, you know, when, when we look at consensus and that that is available um, through our website and, and certainly through the analysts, consensus of four sophisticated, right, very credible analysts at um, four large banks in Canada and the United States, consensus is about $2 and I think 35 cents. Um, so pretty good multiple above where we're trading today. Um, my job and supporting uh, with support from you and others is is to educate the market and educate investors on what the opportunity is here. And the fact that relative to a lot of uncertainty in the market and the economy, I think we're a pretty safe bet, again, because we have a very sound fundamental business with optionality to accelerate the growth profile with new technology that's coming into the market this calendar year. The second bit of that statement interests me more than the first bit, okay, because you're, you're, it's a sound business of a certain size, right? It's, it's not a big company. Um, what is big, what is exciting, what could be exciting is um, the scale of the opportunity in front of you. And that's going to require ambition. It's going to require ca capital to stand behind that sales effort and do that land grab. So I'm interested in if you're 18 to 24 months ahead of the next best thing, and I hear what you're saying on, on, on that front, is you've got 18 to 24 months to really get after this thing. So are you capitalized to do that? Can you get, get the money to do that? Can you 
do that land grab with the resources you've got now, or are you conscious that you might need to, you know, put a bit of weight behind that? No, I think so. I, I we, we've been, um, we, we have shared this publicly. We, we do not intend to go out and raise money uh, in the foreseeable future. We ended the year with roughly $6 million of cash on the balance sheet. Uh, we have positive working capital. Uh, we, we refer to it as a slingshot in Q1 of each year from our recurring revenue because we start, we invoice that in December timeframe and January timeframe. We collect most of that in Q1. So if you look at the historical performance of the company, we always see an increased, um, a, a good injection of cash in Q1 that only further strengthens the balance sheet. We'll see that again in, uh, in, in 2023. Um, so I think as, as we have plotted this out, um, we think we can hit the ground sprinting with both the capital on our balance sheet and to the extent we need to ramp working capital, we do have support from our senior lender to think about creative ways to access more capital, to scale this quickly in a non-dilutive manner to our shareholders. At some point, um, it may make sense to go back to market and, and raise money to really throw gasoline on the fire that we're building. Uh, but for the time being, our expectation is is we're going to run with what we've got. We think we have an appropriate capitalized balance sheet relative to the size of our company today to scale and get this product into market. And then as we see success, to your question, are we really ahead of the market? Can we really get adoption? Can we really get orders as we line all of those things up and have that much more confidence in the growth trajectory of the business? Maybe at that point, we put our heads up and and see if we can further capitalize the business.